Welcome back to segment number three of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on Atlanta's own AM920, The Answer. What's going on with the millions of loans in forbearance? What are the best practices when getting to know housing inventory? Like, how do you narrow down the area in which you should purchase your next home? And is a home warranty even worthwhile? Some people say yes. But a lot of people say no. My name is Cleve Gaddis, and you are listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners go from real estate novices to experts. So home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without the worry that is typical with life's biggest investments. How would you like to sell a home and 30 days later realize that you made a mistake when it comes to selling that home? How would you like to buy a home and six months after you bought the home realize that you made a mistake while buying the home and it is something that is going to stick with you during the rest of your ownership of that home. We do not want that to happen, and that's why we have Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM920. We want to connect with you. Don't forget, go to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight. Not doing one this week, but we'll be, we'll be back to that in the next couple of weeks. You can also subscribe to our podcast. Visit today, gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. Let's talk about forbearance. What is forbearance? Forbearance is when a lender allows the borrower or the homeowner to not follow the terms of the mortgage. So during the pandemic, the government passed special forbearance programs that say if your income is reduced due to the pandemic, in fact, I don't even think your income has to be reduced for you to qualify for forbearance, you can request your payments, your monthly payments be deferred. They can be deferred up to for a period of six months, and then I think they can review, be renewed for another six months twice. So I think you can have loan forbearance for up to 18 months. Now, when you are through with forbearance, either, you know, if you've missed $1,000 worth of payments for three months, either you're going to have to pay the $3,000 in full to catch the mortgage up, or they're going to take the $3,000 and they're going to add it to the back end of the loan. So when you pay off the loan, you have an extra $3,000 that you owe, and you will also pay interest on that $3,000 as well. It's like the lender loaning you more money. And there were millions and millions of homes and homeowners in forbearance over the last year. But I want to mention something, and this is from First American and the Mortgage Bankers Association, that originally it was projected that 30% of all mortgages would be in forbearance, would apply for forbearance, would miss payments during the pandemic, 30% of all mortgages now. The actual top of that number was in May of 2020. The highest it ever got was 8.47% of mortgages were in forbearance. So it should have been 30. They said it was going to be 30. The economist said it would be 30, but it was 8.47. Today, that number is 3.5%. So the original forbearance percentage and projections, what we've done is nowhere near these projections and has been cut in half since the worst. So at its worst, it was 8.47%, not 30. And today is 3.5%, which is less than half of that 8.47%. But let's look at 
the loans that are in forbearance, and this is as of July 11th, 2021, so fairly current data. Once someone exit from a forbearance plan, 44.1% of the borrowers, of the homeowners, have repaid in full 23.2%. 23.2% made their monthly payments during their forbearance period. So I want you to think about that. 23.2% between 1 in 4 and 1 in 5 homeowners, borrowers who applied and were approved for a forbearance program actually made their payment. 7.4% actually paid off the loan. When they came out of forbearance, they paid off the loan and they moved on with life. 13.5%, and it's the 23.2 plus the 7.4 plus the 13.5 that totals the 44.1% that I said were paid in full. 13.5%, the past due payments were brought current. They paid everything they owed. 38.7% of the loans in forbearance worked out a repayment plan as they came out of forbearance. 10.7% got a loan modification and 28% got a loan deferral. And that is where they are taking the loan amount, the amount that was not paid during the term of the forbearance and sticking it to the back end of the loan. So if you miss $5,000 worth of payments, then they would take that $5,000. If you owe $200,000 on the house, they would change your principal balance to $205,000. And when you pay off the loan, you would pay off that additional $5,000. You would also pay interest on the $5,000. The rules for how these forbearance programs work are all set out and clearly delineated by the U.S. government. Now, 17.2% of the borrowers in a forbearance program were still in trouble as they exited forbearance. Now, that number is represented by 1.5% who have a repayment plan, short sale, or deed in lieu at the end, meaning they're going to give the deed to their property to the lender in lieu of having them foreclose. They're going to sell their home and ask the lender to accept less than the full amount owed as payoff. That's called a short sale and 1.5%. So only 1.5 out of every 100 actually fit in that category. And then 15.7%, and this total then is 17.2%. That's the 15.7% plus the 1.5 for a total of 17.2, 15.7% had no loss mitigation plan in place at all. But the overwhelming majority, let's call it 44, 54, 64, 74, 82%, almost 83%, a little over 83%, Either the loan was paid in full or a repayment plan was worked out. So the reality is that there is not a whole heck of a lot of chance of loans coming out of forbearance causing us a problem. The forbearance numbers have been nowhere near as high as experts projected. And most of the people who were in forbearance, I read one time that of the loans in forbearance, one million borrowers were in forbearance but were current on their payments. And I think at that time there was maybe – six or seven million mortgages that were in forbearance. We've got a listener question. This is from Yvonne in uh, Raleigh. It's from Yvonne in Raleigh, and it is a question. It says, we are looking at homes all over Atlanta and are getting so confused as to where we should live. 
What should we do to stop this insanity? Oh my gosh, Yvonne, I totally can relate. Uh, when I started first started working with buyers in 2002, I would get confused myself. And so we created this program called Getting to Know the Area, and we limited what we did for the first few days because we needed to make sure that the buyer, that the client, could narrow down the area in which they would like to live. And so what we do is this is we get your price range, and let's say your price range is 400000 to four fifty. Now, maybe we'll search three seventy five or three fifty up to four seventy five or 500 And let's say you think you might want to live in northeast Atlanta or northwest Atlanta. Then maybe on the northeast side, we'll show you something a little closer in, Dunwoody, Tucker, Peachtree Corners. Maybe we show you something a little further north, Swanee, Decula, something like that. And we're showing you what each price range gets you in each of those areas. Then we go to the other side of town and we show you closer in in Marietta, closer in in Vinings. Then maybe we move to Kennesaw. Then we move to Ackworth. Maybe we look at some Canton. We look in the Northwest and the Northeast and we're showing you what does this price range get you in this particular area. So you shouldn't be looking all over the place trying to find a home to buy. If you're looking all over the place, you should be trying to find an area to narrow down where you would like to buy a home. That's it. And then what normally happens, Yvonne, is as you are driving around focusing on the area and not the actual homes, focusing on, hey, is this where I'd like to live instead of is this a home I'd like to buy? Because it's hard to get your mind engaged on whether or not you want to buy a home if you're not even sure you like the area. But once you get into that area and you've researched the schools and you know the commute to work will be right and everything is just a fit, then maybe you can focus all of your efforts on that area or one or two areas instead of the six or seven or eight that you've been focused on so far. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, Atlanta's Only Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis. I am a real estate broker, team leader, real estate agent right here in Metro Atlanta. My family's been in real estate for 34 years. We've got a listener question from Stephen Dawsonville. Is a home warranty worthwhile? A lot of people say no. I say the answer is yes. Now, not everybody should buy a home warranty. For example, I don't buy home warranties on homes that I purchase, but I'm also not really worried about an extra $500 or $1,000 or $2,000 expense. If you are a homeowner and you're worried about unexpected expenses that could be $500 or more, you might want to get a home warranty, but I'm going to give you a tip. Some home warranty companies are good. They allow you to choose the vendors that do the work. They reimburse you. Those are easy. I would encourage you to use one of those. In many cases, however, if you use a home warranty company where they pay the vendor directly and you have no opportunity to choose a vendor, they don't always have the best quality vendors that come out, and sometimes it takes forever. So my ex-wife used to have a policy that she would always get the most out of our home warranty because she would outlast the home warranty company. And so her policy was, if I stick with it longer than they do, then I'm going to get what I want. And I would say that that answer has been universally true. So is a home warranty worthwhile? I would say the answer is yes, but it's only yes if you're willing to work for it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back in our next segment, are you worried about spending too much maintaining your home after you purchase it? What should you do when the seller fails to disclose prior insurance claims? And do you really need owner's title insurance? We're going to cover those subjects and more. Stick with us. We'll be back. 